Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the podcast, we're back with Andy Alsop, our founder, president, and CEO. He's here to tackle the question, when are you no longer a startup? As you'll hear, there isn't an agreed upon definition for the word startup, so it can be hard to know or decide whether to consider yourself a startup or not. We discuss some of the pros and cons, shed some light on how the term startup fits us and how it doesn't, and we get some clarity on the idea of if we're still a startup. We also develop some new terminology to help classify where we're at. Enjoy the episode. Andy, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. And you? I'm good, thanks. Now, we're recording in in early February 2021 at the start of the year. So how's it been going for the receptionist? It's been going well. I think that, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm the eternal optimist, but I think that things are feeling a little more optimistic for 2021 than maybe they were in 2020. So it's been going well. Business is going well. Team's doing well. So I can't complain. Good. Well, we like that you're the eternal optimist. I mean, I think everyone needs at least one of those. So that's good that we have you. Now, a couple of episodes ago, we were on and we talked about the Vision Traction Organizer. And you made a comment that I caught about um, us being a startup. And then you kind of seemed to question that. So I thought it'd be good to have you come on and and talk about it because it's so interesting. So we're going to get into this. But why do you think you questioned calling us a startup? That is so funny, and it's uh, very astute of you to pick that up, because <laughs> it is something that I've wondered about a lot. And then when you suggested that we do this episode, I said, well, I better do some research to find out what is popularly out there. And there's some things that I found. One, I thought, which was funny, there's a 2015 article from business.com that I found that I thought was very good summation, very short, very interesting but it was from 2015, which is when we, I bought the business. I thought that was sort of apropos as well. But he says in the article, there is no universally accepted definition, which as I continued to do all of my research, I realized is absolutely true. I saw things uh, in one point, he was citing somebody who said, a, a startup is no longer a startup when they have met at least one of these conditions. $50 million in revenue, 150 uh, employees, and, and one other factor. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Another article, let's see, that it, I'll just read off some of these that I thought were really interesting. Merriam-Webster defines a startup as a fledgling business enterprise. Oh. And I said, wow, fledgling. I was like, fledgling doesn't sound very good. No, no, and we're not that. <laughs> I know. So. I said, well, what is fledgling? So it's, fledgling is defined as an organization that is immature, inexperienced, or underdeveloped. And I'm like, we're none of those things. Right. So I don't think that matches the, the... Yeah, and I'm sure there's listeners going, well, I'm a startup and I'm not that. So no thank right. you, Merriam-Webster. And it just, it keeps going on. You know, growth is a company that must... A, make something that lots of people want, and B, uh, is ready to serve all of those people. And I thought, I don't know. I mean, we make something that a lot of people want, and we can serve all of those people. So it kind of just went on and on, and I probably got more confused. So you fell into a rabbit hole. It was definitely, it was definitely a rabbit hole. But I do have to say one of the things that I did see was that some people 
say it is a state of mind. And, you know, one of the th examples they used was in a startup, you work hard and fast, innovate and change our way, our ways of working and living. And I was like, okay, that is, that sounds like something that's a little bit closer. And then some others, you know, say that a startup refers to a company in the first stages of operation. And I kind of remember those stages. And so something I actually came to the conclusion of is that when we first started the company, uh, you know, there was only three or four employees. And then we, we grew as time went on. And we were maybe six or seven employees. And at that stage, we had somebody working in sales and we had somebody working in marketing. And we, we had our director of engineering, Glenn Berry. You know, we had Jessica Marshall, uh, director of customer experience. So, you know, they were handling those two areas, but marketing and sales didn't really have a leader uh, for either one of those two positions. And one thing we've definitely done is gotten to a stage of development where we have um, directors in each of the major areas, which means I don't, I'm, I've never been a great director of marketing. I'm good at marketing, but I'm not great at marketing. I'm good at making sales, but I'm not great at running a sales organization. And so I found that to be a very startup kind of thing because we didn't have all the people we needed to in the positions that we needed them in. And now our leadership team has been sort of developed and we have somebody in each one of the major areas and then they're growing their teams within the company. And I feel like that's a different stage. Now, does that mean we've actually graduated from being a startup? I'm not sure. Because I think a startup is still an evolving organization. So I'm kind of almost doing real time, you know, discussion with you to see if I can answer this question. And we may or may not come up with the answer by the end of this, this podcast. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, when you give part of that definition of being in the first stages, obviously, we're not in the first stages, as you just said, but that that frame of mind that, um, you know, that state of mind, working hard, working fast, trying to innovate, I'd say we're still doing that. So we fit part of a definition or one definition and yet not another, which goes back to your point of there isn't really a clear definition for what a startup is or is not. Right, exactly. And I think that, you know, I, I ran across an article for fortune.com that looked very interesting, but they wanted me to su subscribe. And I said, you know what, I'm too cheap to subscribe. That probably makes me a startup, you know, or makes us a startup. Yeah. Well, and you know what? If they have the answer, we're just not going to use their answer. We're going to keep exploring our own. So even though we don't know because we couldn't maybe get the answer, we don't know what a startup is or is not. What might be the benefits of continuing to call ourselves a startup? And might there be drawbacks to continuing to call ourselves a startup? That's a really excellent point. So in fact, I'm all dressed up in my nice shirt today because we had to talk to a big customer this morning. And of course, we did it all over Zoom. Um, but when uh, we're talking to a big customer, a big established publicly traded company or something like that, we don't really like to use startup because big companies like that want to work with an established company. But if we're working with maybe, say, a vendor and we want to bring a vendor on or maybe even talking to an employee, I think it benefits us to be able to say that we're a startup. Because startup is really associated with being scrappy and resourceful and finding solutions to problems and not necessarily being sort of um, stuck behind processes and just that the machine keeps running. 
And I think that part of it, of being a startup is so important because that's where we, you know, we have our, our core values and that drives everything. And that's why our podcast is called the Thought Fabric Podcast. But being able to be bold and innovative and collaborative, those are elements I think that do actually associate you or a company with a startup and that's where it benefits. So I'd say there are a lot of benefits, but there are times where you don't really want to say you're a startup because then people are going to think, is this company established? Are they going to be able to be there when I need them and be reliable and those types of things? Because startups kind of tend to be things that change very quickly. And if you're an established company, you're saying, I'm hiring you to do this and I want you to continue to do that and not stop doing it so that my business can continue to operate. Yeah. So we still don't have an answer, but not there yet. <laughs> what I'm hearing is that this mentality of a startup being scrappy and really kind of, you know, going for it, but then having um, the qualities of a more established business, the processes, the way that we work, how we work together. We're, we're both. So we, we still don't have an answer. <laughs> right. We're stuck in the middle still. <laughs> Which is in your research, is there a a term for that between startup and more established business? Are there labels that, you know, that describe other phases of, of a business? Well, that's funny because actually I think it was Forbes that uh, their definition was it stops being a startup and graduates to an enterprise. So, you know, enterprises, you think almost like IBM or Microsoft, right? So, it didn't make the distinction that there was maybe a, a term that would be used where you're kind of evolving from startup to the next stage. So I didn't really see anything, actually. That's a good point. Maybe there should be a, a term coined for something that is maybe not quite there at the enterprise, but still is also in between, you know, not yet, not a, not a startup any longer. Mm, okay. Maybe we'll land on something. We still got some more time on this episode. We'll see right. what we come up with. But so I really think what I'm hearing is it's this mentality of calling yourself a startup that still has a lot of pros at this stage in the business for it. So we've already touched on this, but what do you think are the benefits mentally of considering yourself a startup? And then obviously that affects you and the company practically. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, there is a, a um, there is a particular company. I don't know if I want to necessarily name it, but it's a massive company. And when you do business with a company, you can tell that everything is robotic. It's a company that's been around for a long time. It might happen to handle the internet that we're talking over right now. But <laughs> when you call them, or when you interact with them, you can tell it's this machine that is not innovating. They're just basically continuing to prod along. They do innovate in the fact that their internet improves over time and they actually do have an excellent internet product but everything about the company is not doesn't feel like a company that is innovating and i think that is where the benefit of that mentality comes from is the is is wanting to innovate and it's something actually we're talking about at a leadership level uh we're big fans everybody knows we're big fans of traction something we're really starting to begin to um fold into the mix is the idea of Simon Sinek's infinite company. And that is causing us to look at what is our why and what is our just cause and things like that. And I think uh, it's those types of things that we're starting to realize that just innovation and not wanting to stand still and having longevity and, and having flexibility and, and, and all the things that 
really the word startup brings to the table, we kind of want to continue to live that. So kind of as we're sitting here talking, maybe we never stop becoming a startup because we're not ready to ever say, we're just going to be the, you know, General Motors or something where we just continue to make cars as we have been for the 125 years of our history or something like that. Right. Yeah, I can see why it could make sense to continue to call yourself a startup because of the positives that it brings. However, I could also see, not necessarily for our company, but for others that there might be things that become a hindrance by referring to yourself as a startup. Um, Do you see any issue with continuing to give yourself that label as you continue to grow? And maybe you're not an enterprise, you're in that some sort of in-between area we don't have a label for? It's interesting because, again, in this article in, in 2015 and another one I saw back in 2011, they refer to the fact that even in 2015, that large organizations like Facebook and Google uh, were still calling themselves startups and people were still calling them startups, which was interesting. Like, how can you actually call yourself a startup? But I think that gets back to the mentality side of things where it really does help kind of as an internal organization to be able to continue to call yourself a startup. And so I think the, those are the, the benefits in terms of the hindrances. I can think, I really can't think of anything. I mean, if Facebook goes to some massive enterprise they're working with and says, we're a startup, nobody's going to say, oh, wow, let's not work with Facebook right. because they're still a startup, right? Right. So that's the only hindrance I can think of maybe, or. Yeah. Well, I could see though a small company as they're getting started, you know, maybe their team is small, maybe they don't go after certain opportunities because they feel like, well, we're still a startup and maybe we True. shouldn't be doing that yet, you know, or we we can't go after that or we're not ready for these types of goals. And who knows if they are or they aren't, but I could see where that mentality of depending on how they view a startup to begin with could potentially hold some people back from continuing to grow. Absolutely. I mean, I think that even happened in the early days of our existence. Because uh, we've worked with some some pretty large organizations in the beginning, and as a startup, that is something. There's the startup mentality, and the startup mentality, as we all know, uh, I bought the business in 2015 from another business, and they were a really scrappy startup. And what they were doing to, in some cases, secure business was when the customer said, "Can you customize this so it works just for us?" They would say yes. Well, that ended up creating these legacy issues that we had to deal with because customization in a software that is broad-based, a software as a service, can cause a lot of problems with testing, with reliability, with other areas. And those decisions were made with a startup mentality. And that is, let's get the business. This is a big piece of business. And I think that is something that can be detrimental. And also, I think, is something that as we've evolved and grown is not part of our lexicon. We don't customize it. And actually, we've gotten to the point where we've added so many features and so much functionality to the software, almost never are asked by customers. And if we are asked, we just say, sorry, we don't, we don't do spe- uh, special customizations. And we've reached that point, which I don't know if it's beyond startup, but they reach that point where... Our customers are like, okay, that's fine. We recognize you're, you know, you can't change the software just for us when you're serving thousands of other customers. Right. So 
again, I don't know if we have an answer, but I'm going to ask you, as you've talked about this a little bit more, do you have any thoughts on what you would call us? Because I, I feel you're not ready to stop calling us a startup, but you also see that there are ways that we're not that early days startup that we were. So any any insights on what you could call us, or even if you want to move away from calling us a startup? Well, it's funny because maybe that's it is. Maybe there, maybe it is early stage startup and late stage startup, right? Maybe that's yeah. how you actually define it. If if we were to actually coin that phrase, I think that's the way we would want to do it. We're maybe a later stage. I mean, late stage makes it sound like you. I would think more if you're if you're if you're going to put Google and Facebook in the category of startup, maybe the the absolute latest stage of startup that was possible. Although I still I don't agree that they would even fall into the startup category. So maybe later stage startup is what I think. We've become more mature. We still have that mentality of being scrappy and and doing what we're uh, what we're doing and and you know making the changes and being innovative. So maybe later stage startup is something that would be a, a term that I'd feel a little more comfortable if I'm sitting in front of you as you're interviewing me and I'm questioning what are we? I, I might say talking. later stage We're just startup. talking, Andy. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like a lot of things in life, there's a spectrum, right? And so there's that you're, you haven't even started yet. You're an early startup as we're getting into a later stage startup. So as a company shifts and they start to move along that path, is there anything that you think needs to be done differently, practically, logistically, mentally? That's a huge question. But now that we're seeing you've moved along this kind of spectrum or path as a startup, what needs to be changing as you move toward this further end? I think that's another great question. So, I mean, it really comes down in my mind to your processes, because you really, as you begin to bring more and more people into a company, you know, in the early stages, we weren't really doing a lot on process. We're just execute, execute, execute. We've got to get the software up to speed. We've got to make those sales. We've got to do whatever it is. And so you're not really spending as much time putting your processes together. And I kind of, on one side, I hate that because like, oh, we're living by processes. And it sounds like now we're talking about that company I was talking about earlier. But at the same time, if you have a culture of innovation, you can innovate around your processes. You can say this process no longer works for us and we can change the process or it's evolving or we've started to address a different type of customer as we're evolving through our growth status. So we need to change those processes. But really having those processes in place is, is so important because once you have your processes in place and everybody knows where to find the processes, obviously we're doing training with people and not saying, hey, just go read the manual kind of stuff, but they know where to refer to it and they know how to follow that process. And then the most important thing is that when your customers come to you, you want them to see you as an authority, as to a, we like to call it as a guide. And if you are the guide to your customers, you're able to follow a process and you can say to them confidently, we've done this thousands of times before. We know what the process is. You, Mr. Customer, are an expert in your area. Come to us as the experts in getting you and for our business for implementing a visitor management system. You know, we have customers that have thousands and thousands of locations. It's not easy to have to implement software that runs on an iPad across thousands of locations. Well, we are the guide. So it's that kind of evolution where you're in a later stage startup. You've got these processes developed. You've got the people who are 
running each of the departments and their key contributors that are able to bring their expertise, that's the point at which you become, I think, a later stage startup and begin to evolve out of that little scrappy, just let's get it done kind of, uh, you know, activity. Yeah. Well, as you were talking, especially around the processes, another sort of thought came to mind is you're, we're a more mature startup. So then I thought, you know, like a little infant startup, and then you've got your teenage years, right? And right. then you're becoming more mature and you're the authority and you're this guide. So there's lots of ways to look at it, but I think it sounds like we're still a startup, but we're not the startup that we used to be five or six years right. ago. That's a, I mean, that, that's a good way. Maybe a scale of yeah. startup, you know, maybe it's like, uh, when you go from first grade all the way yeah. through graduating from, you know, graduate school or something. It's stages, it's stages of development. We're talking about life right. development and we're talking about company development. So right. with all of that, any final thoughts on sort of the startup label that you want to share that we've maybe helped you kind of clarify today? Well, I think there's one thing, there's something that we really haven't talked about, which is capital, right? And, and generating capital. And we are as we talk about in the intro to the um, podcast, we're a bootstrapped company, which is really kind of, we're bucking the trend. I'll have to say, I think all of our, because we're going with Simon Sinek and stuff, all of our rivals, other people know them as competitors, for the most part are taking on a fair amount of capital and we're doing it a, a different way. And I think, I don't know where that fits, to be honest with you, when you're talking about the startup moniker, because you know, as a, we are bootstrapped, which means that we are growing our company based on the cash flow that we generate from the operations of our business. Uh, I think there's a little, there's definitely a difference because when you're taking on large, large amounts of capital, you're having to execute, but you have a lot more capital to execute with. And so you're able to sort of make mistakes faster because you can hire tons of people and just determine which ones are working out and which ones aren't. So I think for us, that also might categorize us. We're a bootstrap startup as opposed to one that is heavily um, supported by uh, capital. And so I don't know how that fits in again, you know, where that scale is. I think we've kind of come up with some good ideas in terms of what the scale might be. And we are you know, a later stage, or I don't want to say a late stage, but we're a more mature startup. And maybe that's the way I'll start to refer to it. And we're a more mature bootstrap startup, yeah. because that bootstrapped adjective or um, definer really changes what, uh, what people think right. about us as a startup, and it categorizes us a little bit differently. Well, it's also important to us, I think, to our identity and how you envisioned this company and how you've taken it forward. So I think that makes sense that, yeah, there's a scale and then there's also a, a descriptor in there that helps really define who we are and where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, the one thing, the one thing about being bootstrapped is you have to be incredibly capital efficient. And that's always one, uh, a term that is talked about because if you are only relying on the cash flow that you receive from the operations of the business, you have to be very careful how you use your cash. Whereas if you have 50 or $100 million, you may not have to be quite as capital efficient. You're definitely going to get there probably quicker. But it definitely, I think it's really put a mentality in our company of we are very capital efficient. So I don't know. I think that's another interesting one. So I think we did actually come up with the fact that I feel, I feel comfortable saying that we are maybe a, a more mature startup. I mean, more mature, later stage, something like that. All right. Well, I'm glad we 
we had some sort of realization here and some clarity on a very unclear subject to begin with. But Andy, thank you so much for sharing your insight. I think this was probably really interesting for our listeners and maybe helped shed some light for them as well. I sure hope so. Thanks, Sarah. That was a great conversation with Andy and helped to shed some light on the subject of when you're no longer a startup. And if you'd like to learn more about our more mature startup and get a two-week free trial, no credit card required, visit us at thereceptionist.com.